0: to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown. Here's what the guest menu looks for, looks like on July 22nd. Charles Edmund joins us here on the show, guest co-host. Also joining us will be uh, Harold Blood Jr. He's a quarterback, Southern University. He joins us and then following Harold Blood Jr., Freshman All-American defensive end lineman Helby Givens will join us here on the show. Then in our number two, our usual guest, Coach Van Petaway, will join us talking some uh, NBA free agency and some other basketball related news. And then uh, Willa Brown, Associate AD at Fort Valley State, he'll join in on the conversation as well. Here's just what's trending. On the Carlos Brown show, North Carolina Central University is tapped to win the MEAC conference in football. No surprise there. They are quite simply the defending champions and their peers pick them to get it done again. Over in the CIAA, the predictions are in. Once again, Bowie State and Fayetteville State will fight for that CIAA football championship also here's what's trending on the show fam uses suspends football related activities and we're going to get into that a little bit um, get your thoughts on that situation and then uh southern university football announces the, their game themes and their colors for the home game six home games wow it's been a long time since we've had six home games at A.W. Mumford Stadium. And then last but not least, the NCAA this past week announced the creation of the Women's Basketball Invitation Tournament. And I definitely want to get Coach Petaway's thoughts on the new tournament. It's going to involve 32 teams, so another opportunity for postseason play for women's basketball. Charles, good morning to you. How are you doing, sir?
1: Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm doing well. Just uh, three days away from SWAC Football Media Day. And as always, as we pipe it in for another Saturday, always something to talk about even within the last 24 hours, as as you mentioned. So it's never a shortage of things to talk about. Well, that is
0: true. Also, um, good morning, everyone in the uh, chat room. I'm presently looking in on uh, YouTube. Give us your predictions, and I'll I'll look in the chat room. What are your predictions for SWAC football championship, the Eastern Division, the Western Division? You know, Black College Sports Network will be live at SWAC football media day. Unfortunately, I won't be there this year. It'll be the first time in since 2009 that uh, I I won't be uh, in attendance. But um, some pressing issues, training sessions that I have uh, for as a medical training session, uh, I won't be able to be there physically, but mentally I'll be there. And you'll see, uh, I sit there and charge my predictions for the East and the West. So I won't say it on today's show. I don't want to just, you know, <laughs> spoil it. But you know, each year, the Black College Sports Network, uh, they have the panel to give their predictions both for the East and the Western Division. So with that being said, Make sure you tune in Tuesday. Good morning. Uh, Jay Lawson uh, says he's checking in from hotter than Baton Rouge, Jackson, Mississippi. oh here we go, Charles. You know, it's been hot all over, and that high dome, that pressure, it, it's moving. So yesterday, the high in Baton Rouge was 98 degrees, okay? Heat index was 109, and that's a cool day compared to how it's been the last couple of days. So with that being said, everyone be careful out there. You know, um that heat is nothing to play, play with and Charles for those who don't believe. And I have some some people that don't believe that global warming is real. You're foolish. Just look, the whole planet it is hot everywhere. So Govern yourselves accordingly.
1: Yeah, we're, we're we're setting worldwide records. We have the hottest temperature for the planet set here in the last couple of weeks. So I mean, not getting off into the whole scientific thing, you know, you can't dismiss the fact that global warming is playing a factor in this. And uh, buckle up, you know, hurricane season. We haven't had anything develop as of yet, but the, the oceans are <laughs> just as warm. As so hold on to your hats, folks. Yeah.
0: all right. Ivan Thomas, go jazz. Yeah. I, I'm sure you, you know who that guy is. Uh, ho- hopefully, we'll have some breaking news on, on that, pretty sure. Charles, I, all I will say, that person uh, is a, a tremendous tight end, number one Juco tight end in the country, and he's tuning in. Yeah, J.G. Boom Holly, it's hot here in Houston. Man, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> Houston and Baton Rouge are very similar. Well, uh, what's trending segment, and then we're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, scheduled to join us first is Harold Blood Jr. And, and Charles, here's a guy that's uh, first and foremost coming out of the spring. Um, he has been anointed the the position of the number one quarterback but this guy has graduated already he's been in the program uh multiple multiple years and it'll be interesting to talk with him about leadership and chemistry in the quarterback room with his receivers um, the mental makeup of him because you know I, I often talk about the journey um that we've been interviewing uh, the, the players from uh, southern university but his journey is a little different he's been in the system a while. Now he's number one going into fall camp. Very interesting. Comes from a, a very decorated high school program in Desterham. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what he has to say about you know going into fall camp. Um, this football team, this uh program, Coach Dooley. We're, we're gonna get into a little bit of all of that. Um, Charles so Quicker, North Carolina Central tapped to win the MIAC in football, no surprise here.
1: No surprise at all. Um, you know, Coach Oliver's done a nice job over there. I got a chance to look at a little bit of the uh, MEAC media day. Good job over there. Nice little setup. So, no, I'm, I'm definitely not surprised. You know, typically we, we pick the champs unless something crazy happens. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all.
0: You know, and I was telling someone this year in the Southwest National Athletic Conference. It, it's to me, it's kind of hard in a way to pick the predictions because, of course, we know the games are one on the field. You got a lot of storylines. Um, you know, Coach Dooley, Coach Simmons—they—they they all will be there. And and one of the biggest things that you look at: the majority of the teams are going to be breaking in new quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, predicted order of finish will will be, but again, it's one of them uh, to uh, what those preseason predictions were.
1: Well, I, I think this year is going to be a little bit different, though. I mean, Jackson State is totally different. They had what, over 50 players transfer out? Coach Sanders is no uh-huh. longer there. You got a new quarterback there, T.C. Taylor's the new coach. You know, typically you go with the defending champs, and I'm sure we'll see what the voters, what the SWAC voters are, and how they vote. By the way, the the voters in the SWAC are the coaches and and uh, sports information directors. They they're the ones that that do the voting. So we'll we'll see. But I think it's going to be a little bit different in the conference this year. It's like you said, a lot of teams are breaking in quarterbacks, including Alcorn, uh, Southern University. So I think it'll be a little bit different. And I think early season games are going to determine a lot of things too, in terms of which teams can get that continuity going early offensively. I think defensively, I think that's where a lot of teams are going to have to get it done early until the offense catches up.
0: Interesting. Interesting uh, opinion on that, Charles. Um Also, CIAA, Bowie State and Fayetteville State, usually they are the guys that get they get picked. And, and a lot of times – you know, when you make these predictions, a lot of them are kind of based on who won last year, who who were the participants in the championship game. So to think that it's not going to have some influence on it, you're sadly mistaken. But uh Bowie State and Fayetteville State, uh, they get it, uh, the nod in the CIAA. Um, we're going to get into the FAMU suspense football related. Activities a little bit later on. Um, also, Southern University football announces game themes and as I pull it up here, as they announce their themes and colors. Here we go quickly. September the 9th the Pete Richardson Classic. That's gonna be a whiteout. Kick out at 6 p.m. The opponent, Jackson State. Need to say no more. Say no more. It's gonna be packed. Get there early. If you know what I mean. And 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 guess what? We hope no bus breaks lines get broken. Uh Jackson State will get there on time. Because you remember, Charles, years ago, uh they came to uh, I think they were a Southerners homecoming opponent, and they got to the stadium late. But guess what? It was because of a tremendous crowd on campus. But allegedly, they had some uh, mechanical issues with the bus, and they actually thought maybe it was some tampering going on. <laughs> I'll dare them
1: Conspiracy the theories. Oh, month. yeah. <laughs>
0: but TV ESPN Plus, September the 16th. Um, The Gold Game, that's the game color. That's going to be on Go Jaguar Sports Network, Alabama A&E, A&M. A-G Day, October the 7th. The game color is gray. you comes to town. Also, TV, Jaguar Sports Network. October the 14th, homecoming, true blue. Columbia blue. Columbia blue, which I happen to love. Columbia blue on the hat there, Charles. Not royal blue, not navy blue.
1: (laughs) Columbia blue.
0: I guess they're all members of the blue family. (laughs) It's just like when you look at uh, uh, black people. You have different shades, but they're still a member of the black community. But Lincoln comes, homecoming, True Blue, kickoff 4 p.m. TV, Jaguar Sports Network. October 28th, Texas Southern, Breast Cancer Awareness. Of course, that game color is pink, and that game is on the Jaguar Sports Network. 4 p.m. And then the last home game, Military Appreciation Day. Preview in uh Color is, uh, according to this, Navy Camouflage Game. TV Jaguar Sports Network show. Those are the home games coming up for Southern University. We will take a timeout. It's time for our first guest. We'll see if he's made it in backstage. Our first guest will be Harold Blood Jr., quarterback, Southern University. He joins us next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Supermarket sushi, really?
2: No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working,
3: huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs)
2: Never not working.
4: Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
2: When you're looking for the
4: latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles, I don't know if you recognize that voice on that last commercial there. I do. Yeah, uh, people people want to know but uh guess what it is a a paid
1: <laughs>
0: person <laughs> that I happen to have to get a new contract ready for uh, for, for more uh, uh making more commercials with that being said uh, good morning to everyone in the uh, chat room of course when you find when they find out you have certain guests and we've we've been interviewing um the different position players for southern university and uh, we appreciate um their their feedback and also their participation uh now we're going to um talk with harold blood jr and you know that quarterback position is it's not for everybody as far as they are the coach on the field um they get a lot of the uh Accolades, but they also sometimes uh, they get a lot of the uh, conversation when things don't go right. So you got to have a certain mindset with playing that position. And and Harold Blood Jr., to me, I mean, all of the uh, reports I've been getting, passing by A.W. Mumford Stadium, almost like after 10 p.m., he's out there throwing. He's out there doing all the little things and he really wants that he really wants to keep that number one position. So without further ado, let's see if we can bring up uh Harold J. R Aura Blood Jr. Uh, uh, good morning, uh
6: and good morning, good morning.
0: I'm gonna say Mr. Blood because the quarterback position uh is one that needs to be respected. how, how are you doing today, sir?
6: I'm fine. Thank y'all for having me.
0: No, well, we, we we thank you, and um, we've been interviewing uh, Southern University players, and uh, we're glad we get a chance now to uh, interview you. First and foremost, congratulations uh, on your graduation oh, yes, uh, from, from Southern University. Talk talk about that. Is that a relief that that you graduated and got that aspect out out of the way?
6: Oh yes, sir, for sure. Um, especially being able to now. Start my masters and getting that paid for as well. So that was a big accomplishment for me and my family as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, outstanding. Once again, congratulations. Um, we've talked about on the show competition across the board and competition and chemistry. Uh, talk about that uh, as far as in the uh, in the quarterback room, and then also, I, I got a feeling that there's a lot of respect and and love in that quarterback room.
6: Yes, sir. For sure. Um, I've always been one to believe in competition breeze conquerors and I've never been one to shy away from it as well. It brings out the best in everybody and I think everyone within on the team and within the quarterback room understands that. So it's nothing but love. But between the lines, it's competition. Well,
0: I, I understand that. Um now we we saw you in the spring, Coach Julie. Um uh, said that if he had to start a game, he's starting with uh Harold Blood Junior. Um From spring to now this offseason, what are some of the things that you've been working on as far as trying to get better as far as the quarterback?
6: Um, Consistency. Consistency is the name of the game. That's why I feel like I've been working out so much and kind of working out on crazy schedules to train my body to when I'm tired and my mind's tired and my my arm's tired to perform at the same level. Um, I've been meeting with the defensive coaches as well since the spring, kind of trying to understand how they think So it'll make me a better player.
0: You know, that's interesting, Charles, because um, believe it or not, in this business, I was told that, hey, they they pass by late at night. They see Harold out there throwing. Also, I was told those meeting in the defensive room does help as far as understanding the game and and, and the intangible. With that being said, Harold, I'm sure that uh, you've learned a lot from uh, Coach all the defensive coaches in particularly defensive coordinator coach miller
6: yes sir uh his slogan is good to great so you can be good or you can be great but it's a transition period and what you're willing to do in between that period is is what makes you so that's kind of what i'm in right now between the spring but really this whole journey is just trying to take my game to the next level so i'm just doing whatever i need to do
0: boy look i'm getting text messages Harold, and chat room i'm sure there's going to be some questions charles has uh a, a lot of stuff. So I I will go quickly to a text message I got. Can you ask uh Harold about his wide receiver targets and the chemistry that they have and they've developed
6: the wide receiver room across the board is amazing. Everyone's stepping up there's no particular guy that stands out and that's how it's supposed to be. And I feel like as well as people see me out there working out it's not just me by myself. We all we all that we have that mindset to go out there. We'll text each other even if we worked out the whole day. Let's go throw. Let's go do this. So we're just building that that chemistry and consistency.
0: And, and Harold, also, you know, getting a chance to work with um, Bubba McDaniels, uh, Ladarius Skelton, how much do you lean on looking at those guys and how they uh, got through their, their seasons for as quarterbacks play?
6: Yes, I feel like it's almost like the little brother that ends up. Uh, now it's his time. I've uh, been able to see all of those guys go through everything they've been through, good and bad. So just being able to take everything that comes with the game and just in the same breath being able to pick up the phone and call them and ask them certain questions, what they would do on this play, how would they do this, how do they view certain things, it's been amazing.
0: We're visiting with Harold J.R. Blood Jr. Charles. I'm yeah, sure um, you're
1: ready. Yeah, I wanted to ask about working with the, your new quarterback coach, uh, Willie Todd, talk about that and, and and how has he helped you develop as a quarterback?
6: Uh, yes, sir. I love him. I love Coach Totten. Um, one of the things that sticks out to me, and it always stays near to me, he, when he first came, he said, I want you guys to be like a duck. And at first, we didn't really understand it, but he kept explaining it. He was just saying, this quarterback position is all about short-term memory. No matter what goes on, you have to be like a duck because the the water rolls off the duck's back. So just go on to the next play, doing everything full speed, being intentional in your work, and everything will work out the way it's supposed to. Yeah,
0: we had Coach Totten on. Um couple of weeks ago and and Charles, you remember he talked about uh coaching the room not per se individuals um speak on that harold
6: yes sir he that's exactly that's another thing he said when he first got he coaches the position not a particular player not a particular style he coaches the position so when he speaks to one person he speaks to all and that speaks volumes to me as well because he never feel like anyone's singled out or it's anything like that
1: but when you when you look at the team this year, I mean, obviously winning the West and getting to the championship game and coming up short there, what what's what's the difference this year in this team that you see so far versus last year's team? I mean, it was Coach Dooley's you know first year and trying to get everything going, but now you've got a lot of stuff in place. New quarterback coach. Well, what is it going to take to get the Jaguars over that hump to get to Atlanta, some place that Carlos Brown and I have talked about? for years and wishing that the Jaguars were in Atlanta, being a part of that press conference. What, what, what is it going to take, you think, uh, to get over that
6: hurdle? I feel like it's kind of keeping that sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, we had a sour taste in our mouth with the last showing, and we have to keep that same attitude. We have to remember that feeling, and I feel like that will push us over the hump. When we do – in workouts, when we when it's getting hard, we all come together, and we all speak about how last season ended, but we can't forget that. And I feel like that's what's going to keep us going.
0: In other, in other words, a short-term memory—you kind of remember it, but then you kind of got to have the mindset of, yes, "Hey, that—that that was last year." Um, Harold, talk about a typical day as far as off-season. You guys working and and, and conditioning. What's a typical day like, time-wise?
6: Uh, the summer's kind of weird because it's not constructed, obviously, through coaches. So it's like that's a lot of players getting together. But I feel like this year we've had a, a real consistent schedule in terms of we'll hit the field, but we'll get up, we have weights, we'll run, we'll all go get something to eat in the calf, we'll come back, we'll watch a little film, whether it be last year or a team we might be playing this year, and then we'll hit the field and go eat again, and then probably everybody will meet in the weight room and just talk and and, and everybody gets close.
0: You know, that's interesting. Um, also, you, you talked earlier about – um, you know, when I asked you about Skelton and Bubba McDaniels, but now you have um you're kind of in that role. You got two young freshmen that are, are talented that are in the room. Um, what is your relationship with them and what what can you uh relate to them about this whole process of playing on the collegiate level?
6: Yes, uh, sir. Uh, I kind it's crazy. I kind of grew up with uh T my group with his brother playing basketball, and then I had Woods on his official visit, so I got to talk with him and his family, and just honestly being the guy that Ladarius and Bubba and John Lampley and all those guys were for me, just being that big brother figure, and I especially relaying to them that it is a it's a it's a process to everything. Rome wasn't built in a day, and that's not saying that you won't have more success on other days that you won't. I mean that you will. So just sticking with it and just light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Interesting. We're visiting with Harold uh, Blood Jr. talking about Southern University uh, upcoming season. We've talked about Coach Totten. We talked about the chemistry and respect in the quarterback room. On, on, on a personal level, and I know it's all about team goals, yes, uh, what do you believe you have to work on to improve from that spring game now to that fall camp? And, and, and what are your thoughts on that and, and your personal goals?
6: Uh, of course. Uh, my focus right now is team success and just being able to lead those guys to the best of my ability. But like I said, I knew coming out of spring, I wanted to be more familiar with defense in terms of a bird's eye view. What is what the defense thinking? What landmark do they have to get to so I can manipulate them? So that's really what I've been. I've been studying defenses like a defensive person. So I can be able, when it's my turn, I can do what I need to do and just being consistent um, and just being able to lead the guys to the best of my ability. You know,
0: that, that's interesting, too. Uh, once again, hearing you talk about that, being in that defensive room. Um, what – did you pick up on some things right away, or is it a process of just, hey, look, knowing where the defense, what their tendencies are?
6: Of course, playing quarterback um, there's coverages that you're, you're familiar with, but hearing it from a defensive guy and what they're trying to do, it, it opens your eye and it confirms a lot of things. So it's almost like uh, I should have been doing this, but I'm glad everything happens for a reason. And I understand it to the full of capacity now, and I'm going to continue to do that. So like a lot of things about what the landmarks are, what they're trying to accomplish. And it's now it's confirming that. So now I know exactly where to go with the ball or what needs to be done or what I can check into to make it a better play.
0: Yeah. And, and coach Miller defensively, you know, very aggressive. And um, I, I think it will definitely uh, help you. Uh, in your position of playing quarterback and being successful. Now, swag football media day, you and Jalen Campbell will uh be in Birmingham. Are, are you ready for uh, <laughs> all the, all the questions? Because a lot of uh, the teams in the conference, they're, they're going to be having new starting quarterbacks. So yes, are, are you ready for that?
6: Uh, yes, sir. I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> and, and, um, also, when you, when you look at it, do you have relationships with um, any of uh, of the other players that are coming from the respective uh, schools?
6: I have a uh, some friends that go to other schools, but not necessarily the ones that are showing up the media day. No sir.
0: All right. Well, we're we're kind of seeing a little footage there. Thank you, Melanie, uh, from the from the spring game, and um, uh, Harold. I, that was my only time seeing. You guys, but, um, you know, according to other people that were at a, a lot of the practices, um, they they were pleased with what they what they saw. Talk, talk about it if you can. There's a clause there. Uh, I believe on the screen for a touchdown in the spring game.
6: sir. A, a spring game. It was an experience. Of course, we've been playing against the defense for the for the majority. Well, all the practices, obviously. But um, so they know it, like uh, towards the end of the spring, we know them, they know us. So it's kind of like a give-and-take game. But it was good to compete with those guys and understand what they're trying to do and they understand what we're trying to do to make us better.
0: Charles, he said something very important. They're familiar with each other. In the spring games, a, a lot of times uh, fans, they really expect it to be like more game day-like situation. But I, I think it's just really vanilla. They're not showing everything. In, in, in the spring game it's just basically the, the basics do you guys agree with that
1: yes sir yeah i i do i mean i i just think it's just knocking the dust off in a, in a, in a lot of situations and just trying to get to know one another I, I i totally agree you don't want to show your hand too much um so i think that's i think that's really important how you get it done. with would would you agree that a lot of coaches say championships are won in the spring how how do you value that
6: um, the coaching style we have, we feel like championships are won every day. You go out there, you got to put your best foot forward. Yes, of course, the spring is a a big time for you, everyone to come together. But what you do from spring to the fall is oh, really? When the mm-hmm. season ends, what you do from the season end to the season begins and through the season is what wins championships. You have to be consistent the whole way through. Yeah, pretty much, Charles. It's an all year yeah
0: uh, program as, as far as that. And and you saw Coach Dooley. We had him on last last week. Uh, talk about your relationship with Coach. Coach Dooley, um, Harold. To to me, just my opinion. I I could tell Stevie Wonder could tell that Coach Dooley coached under Coach Pete Richardson. Same kind of personality. Yes, sir. But you, uh, you you may have a different thought about Coach Coach Dooley.
6: Oh no, sir. We love him. We love him. We love the way he pushes us. Of course, it's almost like um, a child that's, that they might get fussed at by the the parent every now and then. You don't understand it then, but after you do, so. We all kind of we bought in. Now, whatever he asks us to do, we do it. The coaching staff, whatever they ask us to do, we do it because we understand we're all going to trying to get the one goal. Everyone's at. They're not telling us to do anything, the uh, the wrong thing.
0: Yeah. Well, my my, and we appreciate the time uh, coming here on on the Coles Brown Show. Um, my, my last point to talk about is just simply this. Um, overall, your thoughts on the offense as far as from. Last year to this year with, uh, with with Coach Totten now part of that offense and some other additions on the staff. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts about this upcoming 2023 football season?
6: Now we're excited and we're on a mission. Uh, we're more comfortable, of course, than last year, and we just have a chip on our shoulder, and that's all.
0: Well, Charles, if you
1: have a follow-up question, if not, yeah, um, I'm always, you know, I'm around some of our players this time of the summer. How, how, and, and, and you talked about the routine that you have during this time. Not a lot of coaches can be out there with you guys, the strength and conditioning coaches out there. How, how tough is this time of year? How easy is this time of year? Because your classmates aren't there. Time does go by a lot slower. Right. And I'm sure fall camp will come, come up in a couple of weeks. But talk about this this time of the year. Is this kind of the dog time, the dog time of the summer in which you just things are going a lot slower? You know they'll mm-hmm. pick up in the next few weeks. But talk about this time of year and keeping your focus uh emotionally, mentally, physically, because it, it is kind of a slow time and it is hot out there too.
6: Yes, yeah, sir. I feel like it comes down to mindset. We've been training our minds. Um it's, in the beginning, of course, it's growing pains because it's not structure. So it's player led and it's it's nothing's mandatory. So It all comes down to mindset. What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? And then everyone started to buy in. And after a while, it it was no more uh, fussing or back and forth. And now everyone, okay, we want to go to field this this time. We want to lift at this time. We want to watch film at that time, because we all have a common goal. So I feel like that's the best part of the summer. Even though it starts off as a growing pain, we came together.
1: Even though you said it's not mandatory, well, what's what's the message to try to kind of make it mandatory?
6: Is is there
1: anything anything that's said about that, hey, we gotta get this thing done. It's just the middle of July, but hey, we, we gotta get out of here.
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Push push through.
1: Yeah, yeah. Talk talk. I mean, is, is there a strong stern message that, that somebody is sending, like, hey, we got we gotta get out of here, even though it's the middle of July, it's slow, but this is where we gotta get it done.
6: Yes, even though it's not mandatory or mandatory in quotes, um, I feel like the playing together and just saying that there's no other way. Know other way but through, honestly. You we can't just expect to come to fall camp and be clicking on all and uh, click on all cylinders or expect when the season comes, we could just press a button. It has to be muscle memory, it has to be trained, everything has to be has to be routine. So then it's clockwork when that time comes.
0: Yeah. I you know, I, I can understand that. Competition, uh goals, responsibilities, leadership. Um that's what you have to bring. And you have, you know, and then you have to push even the freshmen yes, who, sir. you know, it's a big adjustment coming from the high school to the uh, collegiate bigger, faster. The practices are uh, a much more intense. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Harold, keep uh, being the leader, keep pushing, keep grinding. And um, your teammate uh, Kelby Gibbons is standing by. So,
6: Yes, sir. That's my guy. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I'm sure he's uh, tackled you a, a <laughs> couple of times, but hey, he's uh, going into his sophomore season. Harold, we uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, look forward to uh, seeing the 2023 football season. Best of luck to you, your younger brother, and your family. And um, appreciate the time.
6: Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Go Jag.
0: Go Jags. You're right about that. And, 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 and you know, Charles, you know, I, I started to tell him, uh, watch, watch what you say because you got an all coin guy <laughs> 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 and a grambler night, but uh, yeah, yeah,
1: they, they, he's, very well, he's very well spoken. Um, first time I've had a chance to hear him speak, and 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 he's very eloquent, and very well spoken, and um, has that kind of demeanor calm, poised. And uh, if he's like that on the field, call him because that's what you got to be at the quarterback position. So I, I, I like the way he presented himself. And, you know, we were kind of wondering a few months ago who was going to be the leader in the clubhouse, at least at, in that particular time. And you've heard Coach Totten, you've heard Coach Dooley, and others say, hey, Blood is 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 the leader in the clubhouse right now. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen as you get ready for camp. But, um, hey, Harold Blood, looks like he he has things in the proper perspective.
0: Quarterback room is much more improved than than last year, and um, you know I still I, I try to be consistent. Whoever has the best fall camp, it's 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 Harold Blood number one going in. But whoever has that best fall camp, the competition, they will come out number one. And I also will say this: number the number two position that's going to be uh, very important as well. Because you're one uh, injury, God forbid, um, then that backup has to come in and, and really take charge. So the battle for number twos are all so important. And in this conference, you'll talk about it a lot more um this upcoming Tuesday. 90% of the teams are, are gonna be breaking in quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. So. And, and you know, in our case, we, we, we were down our fourth string quarterback, you know, mm-hmm. at, at the end of last season. So you talk about one play away, you talk about the number ones and number twos, and sometimes you get down to your number threes and number fours. And so that, that's why that position always has to be ready, because it's hard to win without a serviceable and quality quarterback.
0: Well, that's. Is a very important uh, part of uh, all of this fall camps g- coming up. Who's going to win the number one positions? Who's going to be number two? That's so important. Offensive line, defensive line in the trenches. A lot of times people don't talk about that, but they're also important. And speaking of trenches, we're going to take a timeout when I come back. Kelby gibbons will join us here on the Coles Brown Show. A little bit about him. Uh, some prognosticators had him a freshman all-american last year he came in as a freshman and um, and made an impact now we're going to talk with him about uh coming in the year two at southern university his goals and um his special relationship he had with uh jason dumas who's no longer in the southern university uh football program but southern defense retooled we'll talk to uh Kilby Givens, after this timeout, you're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network.
2: The Cuvet Group is a Florida based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a Certified Constant Contact Specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay.
0: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports
3: Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed.
5: From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
0: Welcome back to the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports uh, Network. Uh, make sure you like hit the notification um, on YouTube for the Black College Sports Network and the Coles Brown Show. We uh, would appreciate it. Appreciate that. Good uh, morning and afternoon to everyone in uh, the chat room. Our, our next guest here on the Coles uh, Brown Show is Kelby Givens. And speaking of uh, defense. He had a successful freshman season at Southern University. And, uh, you know, Charles, it's, it's you know, we, we talk about the adjustment from being a freshman, uh, coming to be a freshman on the collegiate level from the high school level. But this young man had the the, the, the awareness, the mental toughness, and the physical ability uh, to get it done. And a freshman uh, All-American all uh, for Southern University, and he's none other than uh, Kelby uh, Given. so we'll introduce him in in, in one uh, second here on, on the show, but, uh, man, expectations are high. Not only at Southern University, but across the board, we look at um, the, the the predictions that are going to happen at SWAC Football Media Day. Alcorn in the West. Grammar State in the West, Texas Southern, Prairie View. What are they going to do as far as to handle those expectations?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I can talk about what's going on right here on the beautiful campus of Alcorn State University. The expectations are high here. You know, coming off six straight division titles, two subpar seasons in a row, and our fans are giddy. And I think I'm putting it mildly. Um, you know, when you when you take a look at it. So the expectations are high here. Um, we're going to have a new quarterback in Tyler Macon, Aaron Allen, who was our starter last year. He is back. Um, he decided not to have shoulder surgery, I was told. So he's been rehabbing. I've seen the videos mm-hmm. of him on social media. So the Braves, you know, offensively, what's that going to look like? Jarvion Howard, he'll be at media day. Our defense got better late in the season. And it's going to be a tough start with USM. And Stephen F to start the season. So expectations are high there. I think expectations obviously are high at Southern. The one, the one place though I'm looking at Texas Southern, a team that kind of had a little taste of success, you know, beat Southern, and you know, they were kind of in the race late. Um, so we'll we'll see. Andrew Body in his third season. This is a key year for him. They got a new defensive coordinator and Everett Todd, who came over from Grambling that defense nationally ranked in a lot of categories. I'm anxious to see what Texas Southern's going to look like. And we go to Texas Southern, by the way, in, in a huge game. So I think there's a lot of expectations in the West from a lot of teams. Will Hugh Jackson's year two look good? UAPB, a very favorable home schedule. We go to them on their homecoming. So a lot to look forward to in the West. And who knows what's going to happen? I think it's going to be the wild, wild West again.
0: We're, we're trying to make some adjustments with uh, Kelby Gibbons, So um, uh, technical issue, but we may be able to uh get him on in full audio and, and video. But if if not, we'll at least hey, I, I'll accept just the audio part, but uh they're making adjustments uh as we speak. So we'll have him just give you an update on on Kel, uh, Kelby Givens. Um and again my predictions will come out Tuesday. We'll we'll see. And uh, we'll we'll get uh, a lot of feedback. I remember last year, um, uh, two years ago, I picked FAMU to get it done, and the Jackson State fans let me have it. I appreciate it. I love it. I, I know they love me. <laughs> um, but now you look on uh, on the eastern side. Can this be the year that FAMU gets it done? You know, I, I understand the the situation with the the video. Uh, coming out yesterday and um coach Simmons uh making a, an official statement that um this it's not acceptable what happened we'll we'll get a little bit more into that we'll get an ad's perspective on that we'll, we'll we'll get more into it but can they get it done jackson state new coach new quarterback i i think Mr brown will perhaps win that that position he's a quarterback that uh, has FCS experience, came from South Carolina, I still think Jackson State will be tough. They, They will be tough. Alabama State, great defense. Quarterback issue, offensive issue. They fit the norm like everyone else, breaking in a quarterback situation. So you want to see competition across the board even at those institutions, those football uh, programs. I think it'll still be excitement post-Coach Sanders. Oh my God. I don't. I hope I don't have to keep saying that. There will always be excitement. There will always be stories, twists. Hell, the Southwest Athletic Conference, like that logo on there. They don't have to take a backseat to anybody. There will always be interest. And I think you'll see the same thing Tuesday. Okay, we're ready. Coach, uh, Coach Melody, our producer back there, Kelby Gibbons, I think we got the situation straight. Oh, yeah, there he goes, live in color. Kelby, good morning. Welcome to the Carlos Brown Show.
7: How are you doing? Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thanks Uh having you. Look, I- I'm getting poured in with uh, questions already from the chat room, people that have my personal uh, cell phone number. But with that being said, pleasure having you on. Um, you had a very successful freshman season. Um, your thoughts on on that season and, and the big adjustment from high school to uh, collegiate play, freshman year?
7: Um, I had a pretty I had a pretty solid freshman season. Uh, I was able to start as a true freshman. That was honestly a blessing. And uh, when you talk about the transfer from college ranks to the uh, well, from the high school ranks to the college ranks, I think it was. It was a big adjustment that I had to make. I had to realize I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> I understand. But, you know, I worked hard, and I was able to have a pretty solid freshman season.
0: A Pretty pretty good. You're being modest there, Kel- Kelby. Um, question from the chat room. Can you ask Gibbons about the DM room replacing Lang and Lewis? Pretty uh, important guys that were in the program last year.
7: Uh, yes, sir. Um, we have, we have some guys, we have some guys, we have, uh, not to name a few ties, Brown, uh, Jordan Monroe, uh, Darius, Harry, Cameron Palmer, Jelani Davis. Uh, and we got a, a vet Devin kind who's supposed to be coming back. So, you know, the DM room is going to be pretty stacked and it's going to be great competition come for our camp
0: competition. That's that word, uh, Kelber, that we've heard about how important is, is that having that competition, in that D-line room.
7: Uh it, keep, it keeps you on your toes. Uh so you can know that you're not as good as you think you are. You can't you can't get comfortable. And that that's what football is all about. It's always about competition. And that's that's what I stand on competition. You always got to be competitive. That's the type of guy I am.
0: Yeah, as we kind of look at the highlights that's uh <laughs> against uh, Mississippi Valley State we saw against Alcorn uh, Charles, don't shake your head. Uh, he he played well against Allcorn. Kelvin, uh, Charles, the other guy in the room, he's the broadcast announcer for Allcorn State University. So kind of give you uh uh that that heads up on on uh, on Charles Edmonds. But um, pretty pretty good season for you. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Kelvin. A lot of times it, it, it's tough for a freshman to come in, but I think your foundation was set at Captain Shreve. I had a guy that. That, that, that told me he couldn't remember ever or it's been a long time that they've gotten a player from captain shreve to come to southern university so uh talk about that foundation you got in high school at captain shreve
7: well that's actually funny because my older brother uh he played defensive tackle for southern and he was a class of 2018 and he he played for southern he came from shreve so you know he maybe he just didn't remember him but uh my older brother who's at U.C.S.A. now nah, he was a, a student assistant last year. Now nah, he's a graduate assistant at UCSA, but, um, but yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we have, we have some guys at Shreve. They have a lot of, uh, young prospects and, uh, I know Southern they're, they're looking at a couple of those players right now. Yeah,
0: you're, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Hey, I forgot about your brother, um, grad assistant now at university of Texas, San Antonio. Absolutely correct. Uh, con- congratulations, uh, to to your brother. Spring practice. You participated in it. That was your first one. Um kind of your thoughts of coming out of spring practice, getting ready for fall camp.
7: Uh, my thoughts coming out of spring practice is that uh as of me personally, I got to get better. Uh especially with my pass rushing. Uh well with all phases on my game. I got I gotta become a better player. Um and as for the team, uh it seems like we got our guy at quarterback but we'll see during fall camp. But as a defense we'll We're gonna be pretty good. We got a lot of vets coming back, and that's you know that's always great to hear when you got a lot of uh, starters coming back. So we should be good as a defense.
0: Now, Wait a minute, Kelvin. You played inside some last year, right, at at defensive tackle?
7: Hmm, I never. Am
0: right? Okay, you you was you was on you was on the outside D line. I could have swore I saw you inside sometimes, but hey, I'm glad to get that 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 straight, Charles.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little unnerved looking at these highlights <laughs> because the first highlight that pops up on the screen is against Allcorn, And several of those clips are against Allcorn. Against so I'm uh, hey, a little unnerved. That's just, un- that just hey. the
0: way it happened. Hey, I mean. That's the way it happens.
1: It's life. It happens. But, I, 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 you know, the game that stood out to me defensively was the Bayou Classic, especially in the second half, how you guys really turned it up defensively in the second half to kind of put that game away what what's, what was the turning point in the defense for you, especially in the latter half of the season in which, you know, defensively you guys really stood out?
7: Uh, we just started cleaning up the little things like, uh, you know, not jumping off sides and, uh, you know, leverage little small details that we started picking up at the end, which, you know, at the beginning of the season, a lot of defense has problems with the mental, the mental errors. And I feel like we picked up on that at the end and we became that, you know, that dog day defense.
0: Now, um, of course I, I I've heard that um you got a new defensive line coach uh coach Dooley. I tried to get him to talk about it don't 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 answer it Kel- Kelby we'll wait for the official release but uh, I have I have my my sources um we got a message Ask Kelby how has cafe lacumba been working out and has he added some some weight what, what was your playing weight last year and what's your playing weight now?
7: my um, plan late wait last year. Well, when I went into fall camp, I was 230, 230 is, and when I uh after fall camp, I was two twenty, so I wasn't able to keep the weight I wanted to keep. And right now, I'm about two forty, and so hopefully, I won't get no lower than uh two thirty five during the season. But but Kev lacombe has been it's been great, honestly. Um, you know, I, I really commend those women for for the hard work they've been putting in for us to get us some uh you know some protein and some food. You know, it really, it really makes a big difference.
0: Can you share what a typical meal is for you? I know protein, vegetables, all of that good stuff.
7: Yeah, like a, uh, like a sandwich and then like a sub sandwich in there, uh, some fruit and uh, some yogurt and then some uh, little, little nuts. You can mix it in.
0: <laughs> Look, I I understand it. You, you have a problem keeping up the weight. Wait till you get in the middle age like us. So, you know, it's 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 the opposite, but <laughs> keep uh, with the nutru- nutritional value as far as keeping uh, that weight up. Your, 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 imp- your goals, your improvement for this upcoming season. I know it's all about team goals first, but from an individual standpoint, you've talked about what you would like to get better at and what you need to improve on. But well, what are some of those... Uh, personal goals that you would like to uh, accomplish this upcoming season?
7: Uh, All-American. All-American. There's really no more than that Mm -hmm. All-American. And as a team, win it all. Go undefeated, win it all. Celebration Bowl champs. Not SWAT championship, but Celebration Bowl.
0: That is interesting because, of course, you're a student as well and what's kind of the the feedback you get from um the students on, on campus um are they supportive or do you hear from them regardless of whether uh you're doing well or not so well what what, what is your relationship with, with with just the regular students
7: it's a good relationship you know they're they're always supportive and they're always coming to the game so it's it's a great relationship with the regular students
0: uh, uh charles um Kelby had a chance to uh be teammates with uh jason dumas last year and i and i remember him uh, making a comment about kelby gibbons he said this this guy has a bright future ahead talk about that relationship with uh, uh jason dumas and uh, of course I, i'm thinking that you know you still in, in in contact with him as far as advice and and as being uh, you know somewhat of a mentor
7: uh yes sir um Jason Dumas, we didn't really get to see the real Jason Dumas because he was always hurt. He it was injury, but Jason Dumas from Prairie View, oh yeah, he's one of the best defensive linemen that ever come through the SWAC, I believe. One of the best defensive linemen that ever come through FCS, period. I, I honestly feel like he would have got drafted if it wasn't for his size. But you know, he what I took from him is his, his mindset. He his mindset mm-hmm. like he told me like one day I practiced, I was like, man, I just I'm not feeling it today. He was like, bro, it's a mindset. And I think mm-hmm. like, right it's it's all a mind thing, you know what I'm saying, you know my body might not be feeling one hundred percent healthy, but you know it's a it's ninety nine percent like they say it's ninety percent mind and ten percent physical and so um, and I also took you know his hard work his work ethic is unmatched, you know, I feel like I personally feel like I'm the only person who can match his work ethic, and I saw you know the work he put in in the weight room, how he benched five hundred and how he power cleaned four hundred and five pounds, and I just like. That guy, he's just he's just crazy, and I just hate, you know, to see that injuries you know hurt his career in such a fashion.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I saw on social media that um, that lift. Uh, my goodness, I almost fainted just looking at it, wishing of my younger days, but nowhere near could lift that amount, uh, Charles. But um, uh, yeah, G. Boom says Doom is back at PV to complete his uh, degree plan. From an academic standpoint, um Kelby, what's your, your major and uh, how you progressing as far as on the academic side?
7: Uh, mass communication. Uh that's my major. I like the I like to write and I ri- like to read. And so you know that's that's what I want to do. Uh, I like to you know, if football doesn't work out, Lord willing I'll go into sports journalism. And so that's what I like to do and I've been I've been progressing on the academic side uh, greatly. Um, my GPA was over. was I know it was over a 3.0 for sure. I'm not sure what my GPA was, but I know it was over a 3.0. So I did pretty solid in the academic ranks, but hopefully I'll get a 4.0 these uh, next upcoming semesters.
1: There,
7: there yeah. you go. Expectation. Go ahead,
1: Charles. Yeah, you, you know, you talked about mindset. What, what's, what's the mindset of now at this point? Um, here it is third week of July. The dog days of summer. Fall camp's right around the corner. Kind of slow, slow go on campus. What, what's, what's, what should be the mindset, and what is the mindset right now as you kind of get ready for fall camp?
7: Uh, I don't know if y'all ever heard Kozuli say this, but one and zero. All you gotta do is go one and zero right now. September. I've heard that. So that's our mindset right now. We're not worried about anybody else but ourselves right now, and so we're just we're just trying to go one and zero. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I you know what I can understand that. Um, we, I think we covered everything. As we see the highlights coming back up again, um, we've interviewed on this show some of your um, uh, new teammates: Zachary Christian, uh, Jelani Davis, uh, Rasheed Lyles. Talk about just that that brotherhood in, in that room. Uh, iron sharpening iron, pushing
7: each other. Yeah, I I believe in the uh that's some proverbs. Iron sharpens iron, and I definitely believe that. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've created a, a good bond with Rasheed Lows. He's a, a transfer, gradual transfer from Tech, and uh, you know, we work out with each other every day. He's my weight room partner, and I, and we constantly push push each other and push each other, cause I know I'm gonna need him on, on third and one, and he's gonna he's gonna be. One of our top guys coming back, well, coming on defense. Many people don't know about Rashid, but he's he's gonna be a guy, and he doesn't really say much. But y'all gonna be hearing a lot, a lot from him when the season comes. But uh, Jelani and Christian, you know, those are those are good hardcore guys. Uh, I haven't had a problem with them at all. Um, they come to work every day, and that's all I can ask from them.
0: Well, as I look at these high, highlights, uh, uh, Charles, there we go, number uh, number zero. Tell me a little bit about him, the running back from um, Allcorn.
1: jarvi for me? Oh,
0: yeah. I, I've been for Caesar Charles. I know. Oh,
1: yeah, does, yeah, but... yeah. on Howard. I mean that that that's a guy that's going to be featured again. He had 250 carries last year, so I, I'm I'm sure that's that's one of the guys that you're kind of looking forward to lining up against.
0: Well, well, Kelby, if I can not speak for you but uh, <laughs> I think Southern did a tremendous job on him last year but I, I'm just saying Kelvin
7: yeah we, we had a pretty pretty good game against him uh we was able to come away with the dove which was a blessing so that was great
0: yeah on that note uh Kelvin we appreciate the time as um a boy seeing that against LSU um we talked to a couple of your teammates Christian Davis won. He, he talked about that atmosphere it was something that um uh, you guys really in- enjoy playing in a, in a historic uh,
7: game. Yeah, that was a great, it was a great game. It was, you know, that's, I used to dream of that, you know, running through the tunnel at Death Valley. So I was, you know, glad to see that my dream had came true, you know, running through the tunnel, It was just crazy. Looking <laughs> back. When we got on that field, it was really just football. It wasn't nothing more than that. It was football at the end of the day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, it was it was historic. Um, we saw the game, the atmosphere, the band. Um, <laughs> um, I, I tell you what, coming out on the field, that is always interesting. The way Coach Dula and him uh, he he leads the team out, and uh, man, that that gets you hyped. That that really gets you pumped. And um, great, great, great atmosphere. And um, you got you know the schedule is out, of course. Jackson State, the Pete Richardson Classic, the first game. You don't have to say anymore, you know. Kelby, I wish I could lead the team out doing that game, but <laughs> hey, that that's going to be a terrific atmosphere.
7: Yeah, it, it it really is going to be a, a great atmosphere, but not just that game, but, but all of the games. All of them going to be amazing. That I'm looking forward to all of them. It's not just one game that I'm, you know, thinking about.
0: I understand. Just go 1-0. Win the week. Every game will take care of itself. Have a great weekend, Kelby. We appreciate your time here on the Carlos Brown show.
7: All right. Thank you, guys.
0: All right. That was Kelby Gibbons. Uh, 10 after 12 center standard time. Uh, Charles, I, I tell you what. A lot of pressure. Expectations are always high. And I'll be honest with you. The month of September, first week of October, we'll we'll know. It will tell us a interesting story. You know the saying, "What's trending?" For Southern University, tough ball games, but they're they're at home, AW Mumford Stadium. The majority of them, we will see.
1: Yeah, I'm, look, I look. I looked at, and maybe you can confirm this. I thought Southern's first game against Bama State, that game doesn't count towards the standings, right?
0: No, but it counts, Charles. because well, it it count. I, I, I
1: get it. I, it. It does count.
0: Yeah.
4: It, it, it
1: does count in terms of the court of public opinion. It does count. They all count. Mm-hmm. Against mm-hmm. Jackson State, that it game doesn't, doesn't count. count. No. So you got two games, and I don't know if we've seen a team that has that type of schedule, you know, since we come, came out with these divisions and since these teams can play each other even though they don't count. I think that's very uh, an intriguing schedule for Southern to start. Yes, there's SWAC games. And yes, SWAC fans like me, you, and the Jaguar Nation, the Hornet Nation, we probably don't even worry about that. But but still, on paper, what, what you can get out of those two games and, and it doesn't ding you in terms of your goals and winning the division, I think that's something – I think that's, that's a feather in the cap of Roman Banks to make that happen and Dr. Cable. Uh, to make that happen, because you don't necessarily have to play those games. It's great for us, for our SWAC loyalists and historians, mm-hmm. to see those matchups. But I think that's important because winning the division obviously is the goal. And if you can, if you can play against your SWAC brethren and get the hype, and yet it doesn't ding you as far as conference and division standings, I think that's a that's there's very few win wins, but I think that's a win win to me. I mean we don't we don't have that very often with our schedule, but for Southern to have not one but two of those type of games, I think that's I think that's a that's a plus.
0: Well, let's be honest. I I still uh want to win. Um you know what happens when teams roll off the schedule? Southern mm-hmm. Jackson State will always play. Mm-hmm. Always play. Um fast go back to last year when I saw Dr. Cable and I talked to him I was like, Hey, when when is Southern coming on the schedule? And he had this little twinkle look in his eye. He said, you'll find out very short. I'm like, Oh, come on, Dr. Cable. Tell me right then. I think he was kind of letting me know that Southern Alabama state were going to play and boy, they're going to play in Montgomery, the first game. So, you know, it's important. It's the game on the schedule. And I hope, and I hope, people don't feel like well because it's not a conference game oh yeah it's yeah it's not important it is very yeah,
1: absolutely. important yeah yeah i mean for again for swag enthusiasts for swag loyalists like me and you and a bunch of other folks we're not most people probably not even looking at that but i also look at it as a fact that and i know they're going to go at each other and the playbooks are wide open for both of those games but still i mean the games do not count those two And so it probably doesn't matter, but I just want to put that out there because a lot of people are still this East West, what counts, what doesn't people are still kind of scratching their heads about that a little bit. So we just want to put that out there that, you know, Southern's game against Bama state and Jackson state do not count in the eight, but still for me and you and other Swipe loyalists, it's still a huge game. So I'm not diminishing it. I'm just, Mm -hmm. just putting it out there on paper. you, You won't see that, but for us loyalists, they all matter.
0: Yeah, I, I can do an experiment right now in, in, in the chat room. Jaguar Nation, those first two games, <laughs> you want them and you want them bad as far as right. a win. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Let's take a quick timeout. Uh, when we come back, we'll visit with uh, Coach Petaway, and then we'll add uh, Willa Brown a, a few minutes afterwards. Uh, uh, last week, the, the segment where we were um, – all animated last week about basketball and the non-conference schedule. Um, I will do this. I will share this with you. With Coach Petaway, uh, summer leagues and NBA get his thoughts on those games finished up. uh, Very popular now, in in my humble opinion. James Harden and and Damian Lillard. Still, what's going on with that? And also, the NCAA, the new WBIT-sponsored event. We'll get him. Uh, No, no, Pat, look, you're getting a second hand if you go on that (laughs) phone. I I get it straight and (laughs) hot and and quick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My phone's ringing, Carlos. I see a Miami area code, and I don't know who that is. That might be Eric (laughs) If If it's
0: 305, it's Miami. We'll take a timeout. You're watching the Carlos Brown show on the Black College Sports Network.
5: If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's Reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before.
2: The Cuvay Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a Certified Constant Contact Specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today. Don't delay. Call Cuvée.
4: When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
2: T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash.
4: T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turn my injury to cash.
2: Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T Madnet Associates at eight three three paid one two three. That's eight three three P A
1: I D one two
4: three. Stride K twelve powered schools
3: are ready to put over twenty years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified
5: teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12.
3: Enroll now for the
0: I, I did hear from Pat Riley during the break. <laughs> what do you say? He's a little frustrated but he said Lillard will be in Miami sooner than later. We we shall see. And also we're going to talk about um next with James Harden. I mean, wow. It, it's interesting with uh free agency never a dull moment in the NBA. But um a producer tells me that uh Coach Petaway and Wheeler are ready to join right now. With that being said, what can Brown do for you? That's Wheeler Brown, associate (laughs) at Fort Valley State. And then we've got the coach, Coach Van Petaway, who is always, always uh, very informative, and along with uh, Wheeler um, on, on the show. Because last week I had people still talking about that segment where we were – everybody was excited and animated talking about uh, that that topic with uh, uh, non-conference basketball games and and what have you. Um, Yeah, show Ivan some love, Jaguar Nation. Um, Ivan Thomas was watching in, uh, number one JUCO recruit in the nation. Committed to Southern University, and some people are still a little bit nervous. Committed means just that. You'll feel a little bit better when you sign the dotted line, Coach Petaway. But um, let, let's go at it. NCAA announces the creation of the Women's Basketball Invitation Tournament. I mean, it's an NCAA sponsored event, and it'll be 32 teams. Coach Petaway. good, bad, not good, your thoughts? I think
3: it's good. I think anytime you can give additional uh, opportunities for for uh, basketball teams to compete in postseason, and I think the biggest thing that we can take away from this, the NC two A is going to pay some of the expenses for this, whereas in the WNIT, uh, I just found out today I didn't know this that some of those teams were they had to come up with the money, especially the mm-hmm. ones that hosted. So uh, I think it's a big win, and you know, as far as the swack and the meat. Uh, you know, we were already getting that automatic bid when your conference champion did not uh, win the tournament. So, in other words, if the conference champion didn't go to the NC2A, if they got upset in the conference tournament, they got the bids. And, and we've been seeing that for the last, um, you know, since its inception. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you know, they, they do it on the men's side. So, I think it's a win win uh, for, for us now in terms of the SWAC and the MIAC and not a. The expenses are being picked up.
0: Well, Willer, I'm sure you, uh, <laughs> as as I've led athletic director, perspective, um, and, and Coach is right, funded opportunities. Um, that's always good. Now, with a new fiscal year started <laughs> with the budget in hand, now is that something now that um, you would have to uh, add at least some. From the perspective of the athletic director, add some um, coins for the possibility of that your, your team could be in, in, in that tournament, although it's, it's being funded. But you still, and, you still have to set aside some money for that.
4: Yeah. And it's something that, you know, you find a way to get it done. You know, you have those what we call discretionary funds, that sort of thing. Or, you know, you set aside a few dollars for things like this that may uh, come up. And, uh, you know, anytime you can help to highlight the women's game, you know, which the women's game has been exciting for a good 30 years plus now. And, uh, you know, but anytime, you know, they, they can try to take that next step forward, you know, you want to be all aboard on that. And uh, so, you know, and the fact that it's uh, NCAA driven, you know, means that there's going to be some dollars involved in terms of, you know, them taking care of expenses and things of that nature. So, you know, it's, it's like Coach Pettaway was saying, it's a win-win all the way around. And while you haven't budgeted for it, you know, initially, you know, it's one of those things that, amongst other things, that's going to come up throughout the course of the uh, academic year or athletic year, you know, that you're going to have to find a way to take care of that sort of thing. So, to me, uh, Carlos, that's a good problem, you know. Uh, a good the problem to is- have yeah it's a good problem to have you know and the, and the fact that you may not have the funding right now but you know it's something that you, know, you can twist and turn and you know squeeze a few lemons here and there make some lemonade and uh you know try to find a way to get it done but it, it will get done you know i don't i don't think you were here of a um, hbcu team not being able to participate because they didn't have the funding available in order to take advantage of this opportunity
0: and I'm looking at the press release, guys. And you're absolutely right. Women's basketball is at an all-time high, with records being set for national championship in the Final Four. Just happened, the champion women's champion uh, resides in the city. I'm in there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it says the most views since 2008. Says Jamie Bugg, chair of the Division One Women's Basketball Oversight Committee, and vice president of athletics for Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon College. They started small, and now they're, yep. They have really grown, but uh, she she goes on to say, uh, it comes at a time where there's seen tremendous growth in the women and the popularity of women's basketball, and of course, pigging off the excitement, piggybacking off the excitement of this past uh, year. So it it, it uh, Coach Pettaway and, and Will and Charles, it comes
1: mm-hmm. at
0: a good time. So Charles, I think it's a win-win, as uh, the others on the panel have stated.
1: Yeah, I mean the the key for me because I've heard this conversation internally is you know is the NCA paying for some of these expenses and as Wheeler Brown says as a former athletic administrator that's always the question mark you know when you're talking about funding and traveling and the expense of that so that was my big question will they help with some of the travel expenses which we know are pretty costly and the answer is yes so I think clearly I think that will be uh, that will be a win win for for everyone involved and. I just want to piggyback off of Wheeler Brown's point. You know, to me, this is kind of like the softball and baseball championships. You know, when, when you win your SWAC baseball and softball championships, you go to the NCAA tournament. And that's not necessarily something you think about in the, in the budget times and in the moment. But then if, once you win it, then you have to figure out a way to, to, to get your team to College Station or wherever they may go. You got to find a way to make that happen. And that's something you don't think about now, but eight months down the road or nine months when your team makes it to the championship, you got to find a way. And that's, mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. And, and and Wheeler Brown knows this better than anyone. And then I think some of the other coaches, especially aside from football uh, and maybe basketball, you got to figure out a way. And so I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, that that's always a challenge, but it's a good problem to have because you get that recognition like FAMU baseball, for example, winning the Swag Baseball Tournament, going right down the road in Gainesville. I thought it was a win-win for them in all aspects of it. Short trip, not a lot of expense, great fan base, and it all works. That's that's a that's a perfect case scenario to me. Mm-hmm. And, and
3: Carlos, like in basketball, this is mm-hmm. the way I look at it. You 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 making a small investment, and you cannot pay. <clears throat> you would not have the money to pay for the advertisement or the recognition mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to get from this, the exposure that you're going to get from this. So I, I think any institution should look at it that way. You know, you're you paying a small price to get all this exposure for your institution. Yeah, they're talking about your sports team, but your the institution's name is out there. And you just can't put a price tag on that sometimes. So you that's understand. the way I think they should look at it.
0: And recruiting wise, Wheeler and Coach Getaway, we know participation in in tournaments, and in some cases, winning. You know, say like the Celebration Bowl, what have you. Um, Studies have shown that, um, and conversation that enrollment goes up when you when you when you do well. You know, from an athletic uh, standpoint, and and Wheeler like. June 31st or July 1 there's a new budget you know like for for Southern in the state of Louisiana Um, talk about that process and that plan a lot of times um, after you officially see what you have to work with I know you have a plan beforehand and a process that you like to see but after you have seen what you have to work with um, how do you uh, develop that you know, what you need to do as far as an athletic program after seeing well, the fiscal budget. Even even though uh,
4: you think that, you know, you're going to see every nickel and dime on July 1, you're really not. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, because you're, until your enrollment uh, figures come in, you know, you don't know what the student fee number is going to look like. You're not going to get that true number until, maybe the end of September, maybe early October, you know, after the census date is up, that sort of thing. Uh, you won't get the true number in terms of your sponsorship and advertising dollars probably until next spring sometime, uh, you know, after your season's are over with. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, all, you're always dealing with guesstimates and mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be dealing with that throughout. And so, you know, you just have to, Make sure that you are mindful that everything that you all have put down on paper, you know, while it looks like it's pretty solid, it's still a guesstimate. It's going to be a guesstimate throughout the year. And it's probably not going to be until mid-spring of the following year before those numbers really start to get concrete and materialize. Uh, Folks don't know this. Well, some do, some don't but your enrollment numbers always go down in the spring. You know, mm-hmm. they're pretty high in the fall, but they go down in the spring. Students, whatever reason, not able to come back, you know, for the spring semester, that sort of thing. So it's gonna affect your your student fee, uh, you know, in terms of what you may or may not have budgeted. You know, what you mm-hmm. hope is that, uh, you know, you're getting some new students in uh, for mm-hmm. the spring. So. You know, you hope that it offsets it, but I don't think it ever truly does. And, uh, you know, so it's a it's still a crapshoot, Carlos. The only right. thing July 1 does is give you a definitive deadline in terms of, yeah, now we can truly start spending the next fiscal year's monies. But, you know, the next fiscal year's monies aren't truly, truly there and probably won't be there until at least the end of the first semester or early the beginning of the of the second semester. So, you know, you're, you're pinching pennies and, you know, you're talking with your, you know, business folk in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, what can be, what could be, what should be, what we would like for it to be. And, uh, you know, you just hope you get within maybe 5 to 8% of that optimum number that you're that you're looking for, you know, but all the while, you know, you're looking to kinda of cut here and there wherever you can, you know, trying to save here and there, trying to cut back on costs here and there. And uh but, you know, ultimately you know, Carlos, for ninety percent of us, you know, we're gonna end the year again in the red. And uh, you know, only thing we can hope for is that it's not as red as it's been in previous years and that we're making a dent in terms of trying to budget this thing out the way that it should be in terms of evening things out.
3: Right. Now, Mr. Wheeler, hey, I got a question for Mr. Wheeler. Have you, uh, for A. D. Wheeler, have you ever worked at an institution where the uh, physical year didn't start until October 1st?
4: Uh, no, I haven't. And uh, uh, and I, you were you were stating uh, at the last show that right. you know at uh, at A that right the physical year doesn't start until October that sort of thing right uh, I, I think I I don't know that I, I, <laughs> oh, oh oh it's tough it's
3: tough because because for your fall sports you you, you operating out of last year's budget because mm-hmm. you don't get that new budget until October the first. Now uh, I happened to be I had the opportunity to serve as athletic director at Am for three and a half years. So uh, coming up with that budget, man, I was the biggest headache uh, out there because mm-hmm. all of your fall sports had to, had to come out of the previous year's budget. Mm-hmm. and then it's just mm-hmm. like you're saying you had you, you had to guesstimate what you needed for the October 1st for that year. And then you had to hope that you don't go over what you're already doing. So it, it was kind of tough. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we had to do a lot of uh, a lot of praying, a lot of holding <laughs> back, because we had to make sure that we had enough funds to start off with football. You don't want to go to a, a new football season. You don't have any money, uh, you mm-hmm. know, because of the, all the expenses that are involved in football. So uh, we were able to balance that. But for the schools who started October the 1st with their new budget,
4: that's a different animal now. That's a different animal. Mm-hmm. And this wow. kept, Carlos, this kept, Carlos. Uh uh, you know, your your football programs and really basketball programs also, they've been spending money way before uh, July 1. Yeah. Well, you I'm know, not surprised about of, that. A lot of these, <laughs> a lot of a lot of these companies, a lot of these you companies to... will give you what it is that you need or let you order what you need in advance you know knowing that they're not going to get paid until after july 1. you That's know a in, a, in a lot of instances yep. in terms of football if you don't order uniforms and things back in december or january you're not going to get them in time for your football season right and same know, in so basketball, i mean shoulder pads helmet things of that nature you know <laughs> so coaches are ordering things as early as the december prior or the january uh-huh. You know, in terms of for the next fiscal year, you know the, the the money's not coming out of the budget and, until then. So, you know, a, as coaches, they they know they they're spending early dollars, and uh, but from an athletic director point of view, you just hope that it's going to be there at at the end of the day. So, they're hey, still trying to keep track of everything, but you know, you you kind of wondering if you know everything's going to be on up and up.
0: Well, I, I tell you what, the, those meetings I know are. If I could be a fly on the wall. Hey, you guys, you guys remember um uh, Reverend, Reverend Ike? <laughs> the prayer That's what I was I was thinking about that. We sent off with a prayer call. You know, but you know, he he said it wasn't um the love of money is the root of all evil. He said the lack of money. Right. And, and, and you know what? <laughs> I think about that, uh, Wheeler. That's why they plan the ADs, the big bucks, to get all of these <laughs> these, these, these uh these things done. Um, but I, I appreciate that because you, you, the average person maybe don't think about some of these things that um the, the director of athletics and their staff have to uh have to well, go through.
1: Well, well, the other part of it too, Carlos, is that a lot of this number crunching is done way prior to July 1st. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that stuff is done back in March and April yep.
6: mm-hmm. because
1: budgets are set up around that time through your legislative process. Mm-hmm. So from an AD's perspective, well, from a presidential standpoint, you're looking at enrollment and what mm-hmm. you're reading on social media when you hear about schools like Florida A&M and others who's on social media, how's the housing situation on campus? Well, we're busting at the seams. That's a good sign because that that's could mean a, that's a that to have. it's right. a good problem to have. But mm-hmm. then you'll see once the enrollment comes in, because you have to provide a, a target number in terms of to get your funding. So if you mm-hmm. overdo it, it's not good because that means you have to meet that projection. If you underdo mm-hmm. it, that means you're not going to get a lot to start. Then you got to go from there. So mm-hmm. then from the athletic director's perspective, and I'm sure Wheeler Brown knows this, you have to provide a projection in terms of season tickets, ticket sales, mm-hmm. you have to provide that projection up front, months mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. advance. And mm-hmm. so that's why when you had Roman Banks on, he keeps pushing season books. He calls them mm-hmm. season books, because mm-hmm. that's money that you can get you know, well in advance. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very tough balancing act that ADs have to follow, because you have to meet the projections. If you and
4: don't, you're setting your, your targets, <laughs> uh, Carlos, especially in terms of the Season books and things of that nature, because when you when you're looking at the schedule, you know, and I may have somebody on a schedule who normally doesn't draw as well as other schools, you know, then you know you gotta make amends you know, for for that particular purpose. So when when if I'm the AD of Jackson State and I see I got Southern on the schedule, I got Alcorn on the schedule, you know, I got Valley on the schedule and uh, a few others that draw really well. You know, then I know that I'm going to probably meet or get close to exceeding those projections. You know, but when I have some of these other guys on, on my home schedule, you know, I know I really got to work really, really hard. You know, to come up with some special promotions or what have you. You know, so that we can get some some butts in the seats and and see if we can just get close. You know, to what to what the projection should be.
0: Well, let's let's clear this up right away. When you, to your point, if you're an AD in the conference and we say Jaguar Nation, do your ears go up? You excited? You know about what they will bring as far as they travel. Southern University, you get excited.
4: Oh, definitely. Oh, no doubt about that. No, I just so want to tear that up. Yeah. Carlos, you can't get excited enough. You can't get excited enough. You know, you you know that the, you got to have the tailgate spots ready on Wednesday. You know, you know that the RVs are coming and all that sort of thing. You know, my, my biggest headache is getting the uh, University of Mississippi Medical Center not to park in those lots on Wednesday, uh, you know, because they, they normally park there throughout the week. You know, normally we'll get them to give up Friday, you know, so that, you know, people want to tailgate for Saturday's game, that sort of thing. But when you guys come in town, we got to find a way to close those locks off on Wednesday, you know, in order to, for them to be ready, you know, for when you guys come through. But like we said, that's, that's a good problem to have. I'd rather have that problem than than have it the other way around. So, yeah, but when I, you know, when I look at the schedule, see some of these other guys are coming, you know, I mean, you just kind of shake your head and, you know, wish maybe a promoter would step up so you could move the game to uh, Tallahassee or somewhere, you know, or, or Mobile or something like that, you know, so that you wouldn't have the issue of trying to fill out your stadium at home you know, with a, with a team that doesn't necessarily draw well.
1: And, you know? and that's the unfortunate part, Carlos, uh, as, as great as our fans are, and we know, without calling out any, and I'm not, there are some mm-hmm. schools that travel really well. We know who those are. Mm-hmm. There are some programs in this conference in football that don't travel well. We know who those mm-hmm. are. And I yeah. think that's, that's the challenge that you have to deal with with a fan bases that don't travel well. Because you know your mm-hmm. fans are going to be there, but then you hope, you hope that others, the team that you're playing, those fans travel well. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And that that's what makes this a little, you know, dicier at times. We we know the Gramblings. we know the Alcorns, we know the Southerns, we know the Jacks. But then the others, you just you just hope that they improve their involvement in in supporting their teams on the road. That that's a big challenge.
4: Well, I, and, and I Carlos, I, I would t- say this. I, I would say this, Carlos, on top of what Charles had said. You know, it's it's not the responsibility of the opposing team to fill your stadium. Right. You know, right. it's the responsibility of the home team to do what it takes to get their fan base out and get them above and beyond, you know, in terms of, you know, their, their support and uh, to get them to fill that stadium. So, you know, while, you know, we as ADs, you know, definitely smile when we see the big attractions coming in, that sort of thing. We know that at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to get those stadiums filled, even when the competition we know is not going to bring a lot of people uh, to the venue. Yeah. Right.
0: Coach, Coach Fedaway? And see, I, I, Coach I, 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 oh, I'm tempted to call out a fan base. They're pretenders. <laughs> um. They don't travel well, but they <laughs> put it out that they do. And a big clue, they're in the state of Louisiana. Go ahead, Coach Fedorway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: what? Well, no, uh, I was going to talk about, you know, and, and then another part of this puzzle is that as an athletic director, you got to make sure that you're putting together an attractive schedule. And then, like, in our case, in, in Huntsville, we know that the last Saturday we're going to play in the Magic City Classic. In Birmingham all right that's a big payday for both schools now how far in advance are you gonna put homecoming because if you put them too close to the classic you go you heard your out of town people because that's a lot of money that they would have to come up with to come to Huntsville for homecoming and then go to the classic so you have, and when you put together your schedule you have to be mindful of that so that you give your your fan base an opportunity to have money for both to, to to come to homecoming and then put all that money into the classic. So it, it it's a it, it's a big thing putting together running the athletic department it's a big thing and putting together a schedule because a lot of times the conference schedule didn't go in your favor. In other words because the conference generation you don't know, as an athletic director when I was there I wanted to make sure that I had uh a big draw for every game. So I wouldn't want to a Southern or a Gremlin to be my homecoming game because they're going to draw on his own. Mm -hmm. You know, if you you can schedule this to me now, you can schedule the school of the blind for homecoming. Your fans are coming out. Your your, your fan base is coming out. So juggling that schedule is a big part of making sure that you're bringing in the money for that year because you don't want to complicate things by bringing in a big draw for homecoming. Because in that way you're losing money. You're and you know it's,
0: money. and you know guys, but it's interesting, it just seems like from a schedule and an AD perspective, we're, we're kind of talking football, right? basically. Now basketball, remember how we, we got it animated last last week. You know? Conference is one thing. non-conference schedule. Remember we talked about the guarantee games and the money games. So you want excitement, you want to get a good draw, football-wise, but basketball-wise, tell me again. And I'm listening. I'm all you tell me, convince me that why we shouldn't have the same type of philosophy when scheduling the basketball games. And you know what I'm getting at? I'm I'm gone for 10, 12 games on the road and then come home. I'm not doing it. And and Charles, I know Charles Edmonds going to say, "Well, they're not judged on winning non-conference games," but I think you should. And I'm not saying that they don't want to win, but win the week, conference, non-conference games. You still should try to uh, win one. And I know they're trying to win. And then two, make sure you have enough home games, non-conference wise, against some good opponents. I think long-term, it helps get the fan base excited and in the arena. Once again, Wheeler, Coach Pederway and Charles, if my team is 1-12 and they're making a tremendous <laughs> sacrifice playing those guaranteed games, but I am excited. I've had more f- fun going to a – oh, I better be careful here – a family reunion <laughs> the day after going to losing a loved one, <laughs> convince me a willing. Well, so, I, conv- I don't, I don't know. Convince I don't me.
4: know if there's any way really to convince you, Carlos. Because what we're dealing with on 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 this end is the individual philosophies of the schools involved. Uh-huh. You know, and you know when you when you're dealing with that. You know, you talk to eight ADs, you're probably going to get maybe six different Mm -hmm. opinions in terms of, you know, how they want to do that, that out of conference schedule, that sort of thing. You know, so like I said, until we can come up with some kind of definitive process that's going to serve everybody, you know, you're going to get, you know, the one in 12s or you know, the the four and seven or, you know, what have you, that sort of thing, you know, because of the different philosophies of, of the people involved. And uh, until that changes, you know, you, you're going to continue to be frustrated, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, it, it's always good, like I was stating last week, if you can play some winnable games at home, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times, you know, it's going to be tough for you To get the good competitive team that you can possibly beat to come into your house if you're not going to offer them some sort of simple guarantee whether it be meals after the game whether it be a hotel for a night or you know something Mm -hmm. to that effect and uh you know so outside of that you know you're going to wind up you know giving uh the school of the blind two thousand dollars and some pizza you know, to come in and and take that out for you, you know, but at the same, you know, at the same time for me, I don't care how it's done, you know, or or who we're playing in those particular instances. I want to make sure that my team experiences some kind of success prior to the beginning of the conference season. And whatever it is that we need to do in order to uh, make that happen, you know, we, we got to make that happen. Now, right. but it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to get the top-notch guys that you have a chance of beating at home it's gonna be difficult to get them into your house unless you're willing to give them maybe an eight nine ten thousand dollar guarantee you know which you know i i'm not paying anybody of that nature to come in that can beat me Carlos or at least that i think that can beat me I'm going to pay somebody to come in that I ain't going to say I'm expecting you to roll over, but, you know, I'm expecting our team to experience some kind of success.
1: Well, well, I'll share a quick story with you, Carlos. I was talking to a former head men's coach in this conference the other day, and he was saying that one year, and he's not the coach there anymore, but this has been four or five years ago. He said one year, He had to bring in $955,000 in guarantees.
3: No way. way. Shame Shame on the 18. $955,000 in in
1: guarantees. And And, hey, that was just a conversation. He got it done. Hey, that was it. I mean, that that was just a conversation. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to change. I do think that there's probably a team in this league that's probably got a million dollars in guarantees in in non-conference. I would be – because the going rate right now is 100 to 105. You talked about Grand Canyon. This coach told me this. they played Grand Canyon. And he got $115,000 from Grand Canyon. So this, this, I think all the money that you can get with basketball, it's kind of okay. You might go 1 and 12, 0 and 11, 2 and 9, whatever. But if you're bringing in a million dollars in guarantees, I think I think the powers that be, the CFOs, Will probably say okay, and keep and keep it moving. Now, as, yeah, far but as they the probably opinion, keep it, you around. You know
4: probably keep you around a little longer.
1: Keep than you around a little longer. Normally, be and that's you know. why I said <laughs> it last week. That's why there has not been one coach in this league that has been let go between November tenth and January fourth. It has not happened, and I don't think it's going to happen. It's not, especially when you're bringing in that type of money. Now, if a coach pushes back, okay, they push back, but then what happens? There's some repercussions and consequences to that too, so I, I don't see it happening.
3: That's but, just, but Charles, that's Charles look at it
1: this way: look at it from a coach's perspective.
3: Uh-huh. I need my kids to have confidence, so I need to play some games at home. I play some regional games. Right. In, I play games in the region now that that will draw some fan interest. Now I get I get gate receipts for my home games. My kids are not getting their heads bashed in. And then I'm not going 0-12, which means that in order for me to have a winning season, you can't, you can't lose for two or three games in the squad
2: just to a have a winning
3: pressure. season. Okay, so now if I do this for four years, look at my overall record. Who's going to hire me when I'm uh, only winning 40% of my games because all of them have been sold? See, that's what they're not looking at for the basketball coaches our coaches are not being recycled as head coaches yeah. because of their record. See, that, mm-hmm. that the, the people that are sitting across doing that interview, they're not looking at the oh you had to play 14 guarantee games. They're not looking at that. They're looking mm-hmm. at your overall winning percentage. Okay? We don't need this coach here. He he couldn't win there. He's only he only won 40% of his game. But they don't mm-hmm. know that I played 14 non-conference games every year on the road against power 5 teams. And that's and just I, not fair. That's, that's why I think I, you got to have a good relationship with your athletic director. You got to have a good relationship with your with that president, because if you don't, man, they're gonna sell you down the road, man. And yeah, I, hate I, it I didn't have to play all those games.
0: And I think AD um, Will have brought that up before with his example when, when you were at North Carolina Ant, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you realized that to Coach Petaway's point. Mm-hmm. and um, you know. And you talked earlier about individual uh, ads and how they do things. I know Coach Banks said, "Coach, you're right. The the right way to do it is the way you were talking about it." But we're not there yet. Shame on them, Wheeler. See, <laughs> because it, because it's uh, 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 I'm sorry, five, four, three, two, one. It is for some ads, not all. It's just so easy to schedule those guarantee games, and they're getting their quota done. But what about everybody else? Shame on them. I'm glad they're not like you, Willer. You least uh, And I, I, I you. agree,
4: you know, Carlos, I, I could not agree more. I could not agree more uh, uh, with, with Coach Petaway. You, know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is maybe, you know, that if that HBCU coach is applying for a position at another HBCU, then they understand. They know mm-hmm. the dynamics. So, you know, that part is not going to necessarily be an issue. Is if they're stepping outside of the HBCU box to try to get that next job, you know, that particular AD probably will not understand, you know, the dynamics and things of what's going on. And, you know, what it also does, Carlos, it causes us at HBCU, you know, maybe to keep our coaches a little longer than we normally would keep them Uh because you're going to have to provide a sense of loyalty to them. You know, for them extending themselves and in, in that manner, you know, so I, I may keep a coach eight years that I probably should have only kept for four, you mm-hmm. know, simply simply because of, you know, the fact that, you know, he was great to get along with, good guy, but you know, he bought into our mission in terms of. You know how we wanted to do things from a guarantee point of view, that sort of thing, and so you know, from AD's point of view, you're probably going to keep that guy a little longer than maybe you should, He deserves to be kept, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, it kind of kind of plays back and forth uh, in a, in a lot of areas. But you know, like I said, I've told a guy, you know, mm-hmm. look, you know, I, I'm I have to extend your contract simply because of the fact that. You know, somebody, the next AD that you go to, look at your resume and see this one loss record. You know, they don't understand the dynamics behind you having to play all these guarantee games, that sort of thing. They'll just look at you as having a winning percentage of uh, 47% or what have you. They're taking your resume and putting it in a trash can so fast. You know, mm. it, it, it makes your head spin. You know, so I feel that that sense of loyalty to you you know, I need to give you, you know, three more years or, you know, what have you, and let's keep it moving from there. So, you know, you're going to catch blowback from your fan base. You're going to catch blowback from your alums because, oh, you know, why is Carlos keeping this lame coach around, you know, all these years that, I mean, at some point in time, you're going to have to bite the bullet naturally and, you know, make a move that, you know, you deem necessary. But, you know, we as athletic directors have to take that entire dynamic into consideration, you know, prior to making making our decision. It's not just looking at that particular one loss record and saying, hey, I got to get rid of you. You got to go.
1: Right. Well, I, I will I, I will give an, exe- uh, an exception. I think Landon Bussey. I mean, so if you look at Landon Bussey's one back-to-back regular season titles, yes, we've come up short in the tournament. And he hasn't had a home non-conference game in since in three years. Okay. I talked to him the other day. He's still filling out his schedule. He's trying to get a couple of home non-conference games. So we, we know what our record has been in non-conference, but you see what we've done in the regular season, winning regular season titles. This past offseason, his name has come up for some opportunities. Coppin state for one is right there in his home, in his home state. So mm. there are opportunities. At the HBCU level, there's opportunities when you're successful in conference, like he's been, where his name has come up. I'm sure Johnny Jones's name has come up, but he's been at he's been at LSU and Nevada and other places. So I think, and, and he's had struggles too in non-conference. So I think on one hand, yes, you got to give that up in terms of how much money you got to bring in. But if you're successful in conference in the tournament in the regular season, that could, that might. It possibly could lead to your name being thrown out there for other opportunities. So I I think I think it's a tough situation there. But I think if you're successful where you are, which is in conference, I think your name will will, will come up a little bit more. I, I, I I'm, not saying I'm diminishing non-conference. I disagree. And, I disagree. disagree.
4: Landon's name, like name, like name has come up at Coffin. Landon's name has come up at Coffin. And that's a Coppin bad is in the same Coppin is in the same predicament as Alcorn. Yeah, that's you a lap, know they got to the the go out there moves. and play those guarantees like that. I mean, besides him being a Baltimore boy, you know I'm a Baltimore boy, so you know I know of Landon very well, that sort of thing, and I also know the dynamics behind Coppin State. But he would be walk, he would have been walking into the exact same type of environment where he'd have to go out there and play those guarantee games, and you know, so I I look at that. You know, you, you if you have an opportunity to get a, you know, Baltimore native back, somebody that knows the lay of the land, that sort of thing, and he's already indoctrinated into the process of having to play the guarantee games and things of that nature. So it would have been a win-win for Coffin. There's no doubt about that. And uh, if I'm them, I would have pulled the trigger on that one immediately. Now that they did a bad job with uh, hiring a guy that they had, uh, Larry Stewart. But, uh, you know, Landon would have been a more attractive option for me simply because of his head coaching experience there at Alcorn.
3: Yeah, and I think what we need That's to look at in basketball, okay, just like in football, you got the preseason challenge with the MIAC, you got the postseason in, 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 the, in the game in Atlanta. What For years, I talked about us having a, a, a preseason tournament with the MIAC. If mm-hmm. we're not going to have a preseason, they need to look at having postseason. I still think that they need to look at having a uh HBCU championship, national championship. I, I think they need they should look at look at that in basketball, both for men and women. Mm-hmm. But 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 I think the challenges they should we should do that, man. We should play each other to to bring uh bring about interest in our own HBCU. And I attempted to do that. Uh, and, and in fact, I was trying to get uh Dr. Caville to help out with that. That was one of his goals, and 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 I was interested in I was trying to set it up, but I, I think we need a BIAC
0: a, a swag challenge in basketball, in other words, to revisit. Boy, the, the conversation it'll continue. Uh, have you seen some of the comments in, in, in the chat room? Um, one in particular was talking about uh guaranteed games, I think it was EA. So, how would the panel uh play? pay for the other sports if you don't play guarantee games. Let me just say this, and Willie, you can speak and pedigree to it more so than me. I just think, after all said and done, I think you have to have some balance with this scheduling. Right? That's crazy to, to, to pay those all those 10, 11, 12 games year by year. I would accept you know, occasionally doing that okay, maybe just one year. But I've had that before. Yeah, I understand, Charles, but guess what? And some of the people in the comments are talking about is it important to win non-conference games? Yeah, I think so. Yes. But but guess what? But if your barometer is set where, oh, you're only going to be rewarded, you're not going to be fired unless you just win the conference game. Somebody on the panel made the point. I mean, it's a lot of pressure if you're one and twelve, and then you come into a conference, and because of, of the RPI of the conference rating and stuff, you literally can't lose but maybe one conference game. That's right. a lot of pressure. So I, mm-hmm. I, I I just think we gotta have balance with this, and uh, I'm I'm just not. Too, that, there you go. See, the problem is not playing the guarantee game, but keeping the majority of the money you raise. You can't. So that's the issue. Wait a minute, EA. Where where are you from, EA? Right, oh, he's yeah. telling the truth. Uh, are
1: you that, a Southernite or Jackson State? No, no, that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, that is that, that is true. Problem. That, that is absolutely true. That, that's there. why a place like Texas Southern, for example, they go out and do almost the same thing. But if you look at Johnny Jones and his staff, he's got seven coaches, probably needs two more. If you look right. at their facility, you look at the basketball offices, a, a lot of that stuff is done due to the money that they bring in, in, those so, in and those non-competitive but, but,
0: but, but they keep the money is what he's saying. Right, right.
4: But, so they so have Carlos, to go out and
1: get the money, bill.
4: Minute, minute, Will. Carlos. Will. Those, monies, those monies are in the athletic budget. Nope, not no, okay? well, maybe not at AM. Nope, okay, not at AM. In the majority of schools that I've been at, those mm. dollars are budgeted in the athletic budget. When I figure up the athletic budget for the mm. year, okay, I look at They guarantee what I need, guarantee income-wise, let's say men's basketball, $700,000. I put $700,000 in the revenue line of the athletic budget, okay, because those dollars I'm expecting from uh, men's basketball. If I'm getting $1.5 million in terms of a football guarantee, I'm putting that $1.5 million in the revenue line for athletics. So all that is part of my $15 million budget or $14 million budget. All that is a is a part of that. So now I hear where a lot of the schools kind of take those monies and they move it to English or Spanish or what have you, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, for, for the majority of the schools that I've been at, that that is part of the athletic budget, you know. So those monies are spent or encompassed in the athletic budget prior to those dollars getting there.
0: Well, my producer is saying we got to reel it yeah. in. Right. You know, okay. look, look, Coach, Coach Pettaway, we we didn't even get to the uh, summer leagues and uh quick, quick <laughs> quickly. Uh, All right, real, real quick, Damon, Damon Lillard and, and James Harden. No, they, they're still up in the air because now
3: Miami's looking at him Embiid. So they might not even get Damian Lillard. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Butler wants Embiid in there, okay? So we we got to talk about it next week.
5: What?
2: <laughs> we got to
3: talk about it next week. What? Oh my! Ooh, no, my! Butler wants him be <laughs> <laughs> I
0: had to take my head off on that. Oh my blood pressure! Oh
1: my! Oh my! Wait a minute!
0: And you know what? My best friend's watching, and he's a Philadelphia 76er Unbelievable! I- yep. I'm shaking. So, I'm so Dame words. is dead.
1: So, so the Dame Miller trade might not happen. To, to right, my saying.
0: Oh well, I, I'm gonna disagree again. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna happen down the line, and be maybe in Miami. But, uh, boy, Coach coast you, you, you shocked, you shocked me. I, now I gotta go, I gotta go look on the internet and all my sources. Um, uh, want to thank all of our guests. Uh, and next week, I guess we will, um, we'll get to the summer leagues, and um, we'll have an update yeah. on the. Uh, Uh, the free agency. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I'm calling Pat. (laughs) (laughs) um, Don't forget. We want to thank all of our guests. Uh, Of course we had Harold blood jr. Kelby Gibbons, Charles Edmund, coach Petaway, Willa Brown. Uh, Continue the conversation. It's hot and heavy in the chat room on YouTube. Um, that's what that's what we like. Um wanna thank Melody for producing today's show. Um no closing comments today. We gotta get out of here. But with that being said, uh um, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Make sure you join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. post-SWAC football media day. Coach away. Yes. yes, who wins the West in football? Uh I, I'm gonna go with your Southern Jaguars.
3: I I'm think right. they I think they'll come out of the West. And in the East, in the east I got to go with my Bulldogs with, fam, you pushing them.
4: Wow. Will In the mm. West? In the West, I'm going to go with Southern.
0: Uh-oh.
4: And in the East, I'm going with Jackson State. Whoa.
0: Wow. Charles, we'll just wait for your shock, prediction. They're going to shock the world. They're going to shock yep. the world. Wow. I don't necessarily say shock the world. I think it's a pretty good <laughs> Pretty good uh, football program And uh, T.C. Taylor I don't think he feels the pressure But if he doesn't, if he's not successful He will uh, will Feel it, there's pressure Who we will see Tuesday, we may not see The following year Who's on the hot seat All that good stuff We're out of here, have a great weekend everyone Join us next Saturday at 11am For another edition of the Carlos Brown Show Right here on the Black College Sports Network. Remember, like, subscribe, and hit that notification button, Black College Sports Network and the Carlos Brown Show. Until next Saturday, peace and God bless.